there's literally thousands of variables that go into your performance and how you feel out there. But some things I want you to think about, Tucker, when you're out there for all the hours you're going to be, is control what you can control, right? You can't control the weather, you can't control the course conditions, um, you can't control when the climbs come up and when the descents come up. So like accept them for what they are, right? And just know that's what I'm going to have to combat out there and prepare your mind for the discomfort you're going to feel in the second half of the race because it, it'll happen, right? You're going to go through some low points and that's to be expected. Hello and welcome to the Training with Tucker podcast. My name is Tucker Gross. I'm an endurance athlete and coach and I started this podcast to put out short weekly episodes on a variety of different training topics to help athletes out there improve and have a deeper understanding of how to train. This is episode number 17, and in this one, I chat with my coach, Ryan Miller. Ryan lives in San Antonio, Texas, with his wife, Lacey, and his young son, Maverick. Ryan has had an incredibly illustrious running career so far, highlighted by a successful collegiate running career in cross-country and on the track at Texas A&M, where he was a part of three national championship teams. Ryan is a 214 marathoner who qualified for the Olympic marathon trials in 2020, and more recently, Ryan made a big splash in his first go in the ultra trail world by winning the Bandera 100K in January 2021. This earned him a golden ticket entry into the Western States 100, considered by most to be the 100-mile national championship race. In this conversation, I put Ryan in the hot seat and ask him how my training has gone over the past seven months as he has helped me prepare for my first 100-miler. I will be towing the line at Mesa's Hideout 100 on June 5th in the wet mountains of central Colorado. If you'd like to follow along, I've included a link in the show notes for my GPS tracker that I will have with me on race day. I don't often talk on this podcast about my own training, so here is a peek behind the curtains with my coach, Ryan Miller. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing really good, Tucker. I appreciate you having me on today. Awesome. So... For those that don't know, uh, you've been my coach for the past about six, seven months. And so we, we trained for my 50 miler back in, in January. And after that, I put myself into the Leadville lottery and, uh, you know, we were really keeping our fingers crossed for, for Leadville. And when that didn't happen, quickly signed up for another hundred, uh, called Mesa's hideout. And that put us at about three months to get me ready for my first hundred miler. So I'm really excited to kind of put you on the spot today and get some feedback from you and, and hear kind of your, your side of things in helping me train for this race specifically. So in those past three months here, uh, I know it, it makes your life difficult as a coach to gear somebody up from a 50 miler to a hundred miler in three months. But as a coach, what were some of the boxes that you want to make sure that we checked in those those three months you know tucker i don't think it was as difficult as you might think uh because we laid a great foundation building up to the arches 50 and you had some awesome success there with how high you placed how competitive you were so i knew looking back on the build from 
November up to Arches that what we did worked well for you and the flexibility we had with your growing coaching business and everything going on in your life that we, I wanted to continue that while taking a step forward for Mesa's hideout, uh, which by the way, anyone out there, if you're wondering like Mesa's hideout is such a weird name for a race, go on their website. I did, I like went down the rabbit hole, like learning about why it's named that and where it's located. And it is a pretty awesome backstory of kind of how the race came to be. But really what I looked at is, hey, we're going to take the principles we learned from Arches 50, take a step up over these next three months. And that's in terms of volume, obviously, uh, amount of quality work. So looking at, you know, if a standard quality midweek session, like a fartlek or a tempo or a hill repeat session was, let's say, 20 to 30 minutes building up to Arches. Now we're going to be looking to get up to 40 to 50 minutes of total work and making sure you're feeling good and adapting well to that. Um, and then reading your, you know, body and mind and feedback each week as we progress, because we want to make sure that we as athletes and coaches in this relationship have strong communication and adapt along the way. Because just because I have a plan for you, Tucker, that, hey, we want to get up and we want to hit some, you know, 90 mile weeks in this build to Mesa's hideout. If you're telling me you're feeling like crap for two weeks straight. Maybe it's not the right decision to go up to 90 uh, and load you with even more stress. So it's just listening to that consistent feedback. And because of the pounding your body is going to take from Mesa's hideout, I really wanted to make sure we got the back-to-back -back long run volume up. So uh, if you go back and look at your training log, right, we've gotten uh, pretty close to like 40 miles on back-to-back -back days. Uh, and you're hitting some really good routes with some good vert on those days when you can. Um, as well as putting a really strong focus on nutrition because you can't run a hundred miles without like having a good nutrition plan in place. Uh, and then just facilitating a lot of easy running around that. So you have that really strong aerobic development uh, that we want going into Mesa's hideout. So those are some of the boxes I was looking to check with you uh, as we progressed to Mesa's hideout. Yeah, definitely. That, that all uh, makes a ton of sense. And is definitely true. Another box that I, that I've checked off recently, which, um, you know, was certainly a challenge and a new thing for me was the, the treadmill workouts. And yeah. so that was certainly something that was out of my comfort zone. I'm not a fan of the treadmill, but what I would imagine you were aiming to do was prepare me for the 22,500 feet of elevation gain that I will face over the course of a hundred miles. And so the workouts that we've been doing have featured a lot of time on the treadmill at 15%, um, incline. And yep. so those have been really gnarly workouts, but, uh, am I accurate there that that was what you're aiming to, to accomplish with those sessions? Definitely. Because if you can't get out for I mean, even if you do get out for extended sessions where you are climbing a mountain, right? And you're putting an extended, an extended amount of time at 15, 20, 20% uh, incline out there. Sometimes the footing doesn't really allow you to get into a good rhythm. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that you can get on the treadmill and really focus on your climbing ability and really up the intensity, right? Because you're right. Some of those workouts I've given you, some of them are just 30 minutes at 15% incline where the effort is or the, 
the miles per hour sounds super slow, right? We're talking like yeah. four to five miles per hour most of the time, which in minutes per mile, what that's like between 12 and 13 minutes per mile. So it sounds really slow, but when you look at the grade adjusted pace, if you put that into a calculator, you're running at like the equivalent of like a six minute mile when you're doing that in terms of your effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so really what we're looking to do is get some adaptations that are going to make you a monster hill climber out there. And it's not going to take you out of your element when you do come into those climbs and you know, you're going to be putting in 45 minutes um, on an extended climb out at Mesa's hideout. So that's the purpose of that. And it's, it is strictly for your climbing ability. That is not preparing you for the downhills per se. Uh, it's not preparing you for the flats quite as much, but we want to make sure your body doesn't get shocked. Uh, right. You know, when you're at mile 70 and you come to a multi thousand foot climb that you're ready to go for that. Which is something that I will face. So <laughs> certainly good preparation and Hey, it's always good to get out of your comfort zone. So I I've tried to just enjoy the being out of my comfort zone, being a little uncomfortable on the treadmill. And, you know, the reality is if you're running 30 minutes at 15%, you cannot find that pretty much anywhere outside. So, um, good to to get on the treadmill for those sessions overall. Um, going to put you on the spot here a little bit, but how would you say my training has gone since we started working together back in November? Honestly, so a really cool thing about final surge, which is the training log platform we use is that, it's color coded day to day where if you hit the workout for the day and really it's just, if you're within the volume range, right? So if I said, if I assign 10 miles for the day and you run like between nine and a half and 10 and a half, it'll show up as green. I think if you're within like a couple miles, it'll show up as yellow. And then if you, if you're way over or way under, it'll show up as red and probably 90% of it is green, which means like you've been consistent in what I've been assigning you to do. Right. So that's the number one way to measure it. And the fact that you're, we had a good buildup and a good race at Arches. This buildup has gone really well, even with all the stress of life that has also been thrown upon you with your coaching business. Um, I think you're doing super well and you're definitely ready to crush Mesa's hideout. I appreciate it. Well, I'm excited. Um, I know you're currently training for your first hundred miler and we're going to get into that in uh our our second conversation the second episode that i will release but do you have any advice for me and as i head out in about 10 days time for my first 100 miler oh man you know there's uh there's literally thousands of variables that go into your performance and how you'll feel out there but some things i want you to think about tucker when you're out there for all the hours you're going to be is control what you can control right you can't control the weather, can't control the course conditions. Um, you can't control when the climbs come up and when the descents come up. So like accept them for what they are, right? And just know that's what I'm going to have to combat out there and prepare your mind for the discomfort you're going to feel in the second half of the race. Cause it, it'll happen, right? You're going to go through some low points and that's to be expected. Uh, I want you to smile a lot thank the race volunteers when you're running with somebody out on the course if you happen to be with a competitor like talk to them have fun if you're able to do that it's going to go by a lot faster as far as the actual race strategy um, i really want you to be in that two to four perceived effort range throughout the day even on the climbs that's what you talk we talked about the climbing workouts coming up that's typically where 
ultra runners can get into trouble is you'll get on a, an extended climb and you'll work way too hard. You know, your perceived effort will take up to a six, seven, eight, nine. You're breathing really hard. You've exceeded your aerobic threshold. You're then using your glycogen uh, in a not efficient manner for moving over 100 miles, you know? So that's going to involve some power hiking. I'm going to highly encourage you to do that. If you feel your effort start ticking up to that five, six, seven, back off, power hike. It will benefit you later on in the race. Uh, the halfway point really is like that 100 kilometer, 70 mile mark. So ideally you feel comfortable. You keep the effort easy up to that point. And if you're feeling good enough to push the effort up that last 30 miles, that's, that's the time to do it. And you can mow people down if you are able to parse out your effort appropriately over the course of the day. Uh, so that's, that's one thing. The second thing as far as actual race strategy is man, pound that nutrition as, as best as you can. Get in as many calories as you can, your stomach can handle consistently. And I've been advising you like, hey, 200 to 300 calories, 16 to 20 fluid ounces per hour, 500 milligrams of sodium. If you can handle more than that, specifically on the calories and fluid side, you're going to feel better. And the stomach is trainable just like the rest of the body. So that just takes practice on your long runs. You know, practicing putting down 350, 400 calories per hour is tough, especially if you're looking at like the number of gels you might have to carry on the long efforts. Like, holy moly, I need 16 gels on me for this, you know, 24 mile run, but it will benefit you come race day. Your stomach will work well. You will keep topping off those glycogen stores and keeping off that bonk as long as possible. Because that's, that's the name of the game in an ultra is who can bonk the least. Uh, I talked about, you know, picking it up and feeling good beyond 100K or 70 miles. You, you still might be running slower, but it's, it's in comparison to your competition, right? Everybody's yeah. bonking and slowing down. We want to slow down the least. And we can do that with an appropriate pacing strategy based on an easy perceived effort, as well as the nutrition side of things. So be happy, parse out your effort, and get the nutrition down early and often. That's it. That's perfect advice. Thank you so much. Um, I really like the piece on controlling the controllables, right? Um, that's yep. something that I always tell my athletes as well is like, you know, you, you can't control who shows up to a race. You can't control the weather. You can't control really anything other than, than yourself and your nutrition and your effort and your attitude, right? To some degree. So I will certainly focus on those things. And I, I really appreciate not only you taking the time to join me and giving me uh, and the listeners some, some feedback and insight and a little bit of a peek behind the curtains of, of my training and my buildup for Mesa's hideout. Um, but I also really appreciate your, your coaching, your guidance, your support along the way. It's been, um, you know, it's been very, very helpful and instrumental in all of my success so far. And I'm really excited to, to see how it, how it goes in, in a few days on June 5th. Man, I'm excited. I want to ask you before we conclude this episode, what are you looking forward to? What are your thoughts heading into Mesa's hideout? Putting me on the spot here on my own podcast. I love it. <laughs> um, you know, I think for me, it's my first time at this distance and it's a pretty big jump. Uh, I think in a perfect world doing a hundred K before a hundred miles is probably 
a better bet, but I know that, you know, people, people ask me all the time, like, how long have you been training for, to run a hundred miles? And my answer is my entire life. You know, I've been <laughs> running somewhat competitively since high school. And so all of the miles, all of the training, all of the workouts, um, you know, all the lessons that I've learned through training for marathons and half marathons and ultras, all of that has contributed to my, my confidence that I can go out and, and run a hundred miles. Um, what I'm really looking forward to is the experience and the, the challenging times and the lessons that I learned from this experience. Um, I know all of that will be, will be new and will be challenging, but it will make me a stronger person and a stronger runner. And yeah, my only goal for this race, obviously I would like to do well. And I do have some aspirations of like finishing times, but at the end of the day, all I want to do is finish. And a big reason why I want to do that is because there is a huge, huge amount of the population out there that don't believe you can run a hundred miles. And when people hear that I'm running a hundred miles, they often say, well, how many days does that take you? You know, and when I respond that I will hopefully be doing it in less than 24 hours, they're like, wait, you don't sleep? You don't take breaks? I'm like, no, not really. Um, so to kind of break down that perception that humans cannot do these sorts of long endurance efforts, um, that's something that I hopefully can, you know, make some small impact of, you know, changing the minds of the people in my circle that that this is possible and maybe it's not possible for everybody to go out and run a hundred miles, but it is possible to go out and do things that you don't think you can do. Right. And it's been about six years since my first ultra and about, uh, maybe eight to 10 years since my first like half marathon. And so it's been a long gradual process to get here. You know, I didn't start out running ultra marathons. I, you know, was running 5Ks, then 10Ks, then half marathons, then marathons. And then I dipped into the ultra world. So building up gradually makes running 100 miles feel possible. Whereas for, for a lot of people, it, it seems totally impossible. So yeah, if I can make some small impact on, on people and, uh, you know, help change their mindset on what, what is possible for them, that would be a huge accomplishment. Man, you're getting me fired up from, for Western states too. So, you know, what's funny is you talk about 100 miles as possible, inspiring others. Um, I was recently inspired by the Cocodona 250, and that was a 250-mile race, um, first time it happened in Arizona. And there's a few other 200-plus mile races around the world. They're not super common, but seeing people accomplish something like that then inspires me and you to say like, oh, if someone can do 250 miles in one go and it's taken them multiple days, that's not a one day affair. Uh, we can do a hundred miles. We're well-trained to handle that. And if they can do that, shoot, hundred miles are going to go by in a blink of an eye. <laughs> Absolutely. It does help to put things in perspective for sure. When they, they did a great job with Cocodona, they had a YouTube live stream that I checked out a few times and I think I tuned in on like Monday morning when it started and then like Thursday evening, there were still people going and I was like, oh my gosh, 
and all the things that that I have done since Monday morning, and these people have just been relentlessly moving forward for 250 miles. Absolutely insane. Well, if that's ever something you want to do, we'll talk about. There's a lot of different strategies that go into multi-day efforts like that, but you're ready for Mesa's hideout. I'm super excited for you, Tugger. Oh, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, we'll, we'll check the hundred mile box and then we'll we'll see what what I'm interested in doing next. <laughs> but thanks again so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Um, we're gonna put a pin in this conversation now and uh, release a second episode where we'll talk more about your training. So thanks again for joining me, Ryan. Awesome. Thanks, Tucker. There it is. I hope you enjoyed this one. Thank you so much for listening and a huge thanks to Ryan for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate his guidance, his support, his coaching over the past seven months. I know that going into this 100 miler, I feel a lot more confident with the training that he has put on my schedule and the guidance he has given me. I always appreciate ratings and reviews and I'll be sure to include an update on how my 100 miler went in my next episode when I chat with Ryan again about his training for Western States. Make sure that you hit subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode and I look forward to bringing you more information to help you become the best version of yourself.